Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thank you for joining us for Everything Under the Sun, the AccuWeather podcast. I'm your host, meteorologist Regina Miller from the AccuWeather Network. I'm joined in the studio now, as always, by my producer, Andy Robb. Hello, Regina. Hello, Andy. And our director of audio services, Ken Prell. Hi, Hi Ken. Hi, Regina. Hey, I want you guys to take a listen to this. Attention, if you've been hurt in a slip and fall accident in severe winter weather. Were you injured in a slip and fall due to someone else's negligence? If you fell on a sidewalk that's owned or controlled by a commercial occupant or a commercial property owner, then yes, you have a cause of action. A slip and fall accident can cause serious injuries. A fall can occur because of business, municipality, or landlord did not maintain a safe So, you know, we always hear these. Uh, it's always on commercials. Yeah. You know, it, it can be quite lucrative. Mm-hmm. Lawsuits that relate to slip and falls. Or I just fell weather. in my driveway last week. Can I sue myself? Uh, you. <laughs> Yeah. Do you got anything? Do you got anything on you? I you don't. got any money on you? <laughs> That's the problem. So with these cases, so there's not only the slip and fall, because those can be pretty lucrative. Sure. Um, but there's also like snow, ice buildup, falling, and uh, also on the roadways. Yeah. So somebody's got to investigate those, right? And I, I feel like you might have an answer for I do. who this person might be. He's our guest. Ah. So. So the one man that stands for the truth and justice, <laughs> Steve Wistar, our meteorologist, uh, he's our forensic meteorologist. He's here today, and he's talking about some of these cases that he's done. So uh, actually, it's the whole forensics department. So we're, it's kind of like the Justice League. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I like that. Our That's very right. own, cool. Our very own forensics uh, Justice League. So anyway, Steve Wistar is with us. He's a forensic meteorologist, and he also appeared, if you want to go back and check out one of our other episodes, Forensics of Hurricane Katrina. That was episode 18. But we're going to be talking to him coming right up. Well, our guest in the studio today is forensic meteorologist Steve Wistar. And Steve, you've been with me before talking about some forensic cases. I know we talked about Hurricane Katrina and when you were kind of investigating that. But now we're in winter weather. How many different cases each year does the forensics department deal with when it comes to winter weather here? I'd estimate 50 to 60 per year of slip and fall cases that we do the full in-depth analysis where we are reconstructing the weather right at that spot where it happened, right on the exact time and date. We will see an uptick after some particularly harsh winters with the time it takes the legal system to work typically two to four years after a strong winter. For example, February of 2015 was a very intense winter month in the Northeast, and we've been riding high on cases from that month uh, for the last few years now. Wow, it takes a while for those to go through the system. It does, because, you know, when people hurt themselves, running to the lawyer isn't necessarily the first thing they do, but eventually they'll get to that point, and then the legal cases themselves take a while, and it's amazing how long it can take before they finally get to trial. Most of them settle, don't go to trial, but the ones that do get to court, that can be four to six years after the incident, so it takes a long time. 
So tell me about uh, like a case. Give me an example of a case that you would have done maybe that stands out in your mind that would be a slip and fall or something related. Is it, It's negligence. Is it generally negligence on the cleanup? They'll be suing somebody that owns a building or something? Typically, yes. Uh, you know, when there's a lawsuit, you look around to see who has the money. So if someone falls on a property, they'll look to see who owns that sidewalk or parking lot where they fell. We can get called by either side. We don't have a dog in the fight, so to speak. We just want to tell the truth about the weather. So typically the people who are suing will try to get some money out of those who own the site. Uh, The issues would come down to how long the ice was there is one of the most important things because that determines who's at fault. So if a patch of ice has been there for days, no one's doing anything, that doesn't look good for the property owner. But if the weather just changed and ice may have only formed in the previous hour, You know, people can't be expected to run outside and look at their sidewalk every 30 minutes. So that becomes important in the case. So again, our role is just to tell the science. Other people can argue about whose fault it is. We don't get into that. So what are some of the issues you have to consider when investigating a slip and fall case? The official temperatures that we all use are not taken on the ground. They're taken officially about six feet above the ground, specifically to keep the official thermometer away from the influences on the ground that may make the ground warmer or colder than the official air temperature that's moving around. Well, in our business, we need to know that ground temperature, not the air temperature. And there are definitely situations, for example, on a sunny day, a pavement uh, that's in the sun will be much warmer than the the official air temperature. And the inverse of that, on a cold night, clear, calm, where the heat from the ground's radiating away into space, the ground will get colder than the air temperature. So you could have an airport temperature of 37 degrees, but people are falling on ice that had just formed. Another issue is obviously people put down salt when there's ice. Well, the concentration of salt makes a huge difference. If you think about it, pure water freezes at 32 degrees Fahrenheit. The ocean freezes at 29 degrees because of its salt content. Uh, A body of water with greater salt content, like the Great Salt Lake, would freeze at even lower temperature, uh, maybe 25 degrees. So if you throw salt on the ground, what you're doing is lowering the temperature at which it will freeze, and that depends on the concentration of salt. So you may have a, a parking lot that's fine until it gets down to 10 degrees, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's starting to freeze. 20 feet away, where somebody forgot to throw the salt, it had already frozen. Uh-huh. So there's all those little micro details that uh, come into play in these slip and fall cases and actually can make them some of the most complicated cases we have. Yeah. What would be one of the stranger cases you've had or one of the ones, that, like I said, that stands out in your mind? Well, one of the, uh, from a comedic vein in a sense, is that there are people who try to fake these. There are cases where people have taken photographs and then the attorney on the defense will send us the photographs and we'll look at them and we'll look at all the weather details and realize That's impossible. (laughs) That picture could not have been taken in the weather conditions that day. And I was actually in a courtroom in Allentown years ago. It was a slip and fall case, and uh, I was testifying for the defense. And the plaintiffs had put up this giant four-by-six-foot poster board color photo of how they claimed the sidewalk looked where this person fell outside an apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And it looked like arctic middle of winter with blue (laughs) ice. I mean, it was unbelievably impressive photograph. But the actual weather was 40 degrees and sunny, and so it had snowed earlier. There were piles of snow there, but there was melting going on in reality, but not in the photograph. So uh, I was asked the question, uh, could that photo have actually been taken at that time? And I had to say no, and I explained why. And the plaintiff is sitting at the 
table with her attorney, and she faints when I say that. <laughs> Bonk, her head goes down on the table. Oh, my gosh. And she passed serious? out. They got caught in a lie. I basically said that photo, you know, they, they doctored the photo or took it at a different time. Wow. And so, and I've had other cases like that, not where someone fainted, but where we've had photographs that were clearly impossible to have okay. been taken at the time they said. They might have been taken at a different time, another day. I had a photo once where someone's laying down on the ground, like they uh, staged it. They're, they're, <laughs> well, the they're falling is, is on the curb, they're laying on the ground, and the photo around them did not match the weather of the day. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say that would be something that's, that's crazy to me, but I was going to say, like, even if you had fallen... Who's going to go over and just take a picture of you, right, Andy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how about right. you help me up right. <laughs> or call for help? I see you have your camera out. I'm going to ask if you're okay, but first, let me get this picture <laughs> Let me of you get here. this picture. Yeah. So well, I in this case, I'm, I'm talking about the testimony ended up being that the daughter of the woman who fell was with her, and they had all arranged to have the picture. You know, the daughter took the picture. The older woman fell and was laying there or pretended to fall, and... So our, our work, uh, you know, again, unveiled that fraud. And right. uh, so that's where we're helpful. Certainly most of the cases are real. People do fall a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, people hurry, you know, uh, the weather's changing and they're not paying attention. And so certainly most of the slip and falls are legitimate. Mm-hmm. But every one comes with its own little wrinkles. Uh, no two are the same. And I would think, too, that these cases are rather complicated um, because each, like, community has certain ordinances on time limits and so like that would have to do with responsibility when something is cleaned up that kind of thing each town does have their rules about how much time people have to clean their sidewalk and then in pennsylvania there's a weird doctrine called the hills and ridges doctrine that has evolved in the legal cases over the years that specifically says that if property owner leaves hills and ridges of like frozen slush and bumpy stuff that's required to prove that they're negligent. In other words, time had gone by and the people had driven or walked over the stuff in a parking lot and it was still there and it was lumpy. Because of that, in Pennsylvania only, we'll see plaintiffs coming in anew with saying, yes, there were hills and ridges. And how does a, how's a person know to say that? You know, they've been right. coached by their lawyer right. to say that. Oh, my God, the dreaded hills and ridges were, were present. <laughs> they know that that's a necessity in Pennsylvania law. Right. We're going to take a little break now in our conversation with Steve Wistar. And, Andy, I want to tell people where they can find our AccuWeather app. Just look for the Orange Sun wherever you get your apps. Download the free AccuWeather app, the world's most reliable weather app, and we are right in the thick of winter weather, so don't miss a beat. Stay on top of it with MinuteCast. Right, and also you can check out the AccuWeather Network on Verizon Fios, Channel 619, and DirecTV, Channel 361. Steve, let's talk about some other kinds of winter weather cases. For example, icicles building up. Have you done any of those types of investigations? Yes, two specific cases we've had on uh, falling icicles. One was a gentleman driving over the tri- what was then called the Triborough Bridge in the New York City area. I think it's now called the RFK Bridge. This is in February some years ago, a couple days after a big snowstorm. He's driving across the bridge, and this big chunk of ice hits his windshield, breaks the windshield, and he's going pretty fast. So he gets hit in the face with flying ice and glass from his windshield. All hits him, and he loses his eyesight in one eye because of 
being hit by that. So his attorney called us and said there's a, you know, a whole history of the New York Port Authority closing lanes of the bridges in New York when icicles are falling, and they didn't do it on this day. And so it was a lawsuit against the city. And uh, the city came back and said it was not an icicle. It was ice that blew off the top of a passing truck going the other way on the bridge. And it was a windy day. So theoretically, that could have happened. However, the attorney who hired us said that when they took the car to the wrecker yard, a person there looked at the chunks of ice and said they were clear ice, like you would see in the ice cubes in your freezer mm-hmm. at home. That told us, with a little bit of you know, thought and reasoning, that it could not have come off the top of a passing truck. There's no way to get water to build up like an inch thick and stay there on top of a truck and then freeze into a block of ice. We see this on a highway with uh, sheets of snow and ice peeling off the top of trucks, which can be very dangerous, but it's always opaque. It's frozen snow. It's Uh, not clear. Okay. So once we had that information, and of course we had to tell the attorney, we we didn't see the ice ourselves. Uh, We're assuming that this is true. We reasoned it had to be an icicle and not off a passing truck because the ice was clear. And it's interesting because I actually went to New York City and did testify in a trial on this one and told the jury what I just told you, and I thought we had a strong case. And um, but it turned out the jury found for the city. Uh, The city won the case and. I come in, do my part, and leave, and I don't know what the other witnesses say, and maybe the person who claimed to have seen the clear ice was discredited. That was an interesting trial because in almost all the cases I testify in, the judges are really great, Mm -hmm. really sharp and on the ball. But in this particular case, I'm sitting up high on the witness stand. I'm the only one that can see what the judge is doing. The judge is lifting up her paperwork and doing a crossword puzzle. No way. The entirety of the 45 minutes I'm on the witness stand. No way, and I it's thought, not a jury case. It's, it's The judge is the one deciding no, it? There was a jury in the room, I think. But, oh, okay. Um, but uh, still, you won your judge. Many years ago, but uh, it, I was appalled. And that, so oh, when yeah. our side lost the case, I told our, our client attorney that, you know, the judge wasn't paying any attention during the whole time I was testifying. And I thought maybe you can get a mistrial and try again. Yeah. But, but uh, nothing ever came of it that I know of. So. Wow. So that's a pretty, uh, yeah, that's a pretty dramatic situation because um, we were talking about that, too. Um, Andy, you had mentioned about, like, cars and stuff, like passing yeah, by cars. Yeah, that's and, one of the biggest things that, like, I'm always afraid of when I'm on the roadways when somebody doesn't brush the roof of their car off before they go off driving it creates a big hazard for people maybe behind you has there been any instances of that um, there have been people that have been killed by big chunks of frozen snow that have come off tractor trailers. Is it mostly have, tractor trailers that you well, see Well, it's just that, that the, they have much more surface area. It's much bigger mm-hmm. than uh, what would be on top of a, a, a car, a regular passenger car. So, But that can be very heavy and very dense. And, uh, yes, it's, it's very scary if you're driving on the interstate and you see that peeling off a truck. You don't want to get hit by that. Right. Now, the truck drivers are, there's a law that says they have to clean that off before they start driving, but, you know, it's one of those things where it doesn't get done all the time. Well, it's like that with people, people in their cars, because, yeah. I mean, we have a law that uh, before you start driving, you're supposed to, you know, clean off the top of your car, but mm-hmm. I've seen that where there's big chunks of, like, snow and ice coming off some cars if we've had a storm or whatever. Yeah. Usually it's recent, and usually the snow is kind of soft, and it's not going to hurt you too much if you get hit by it, but it's dangerous if they slides down their window and suddenly they can't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, which, true. Which can happen, too. So. Do you have any other icicle cases that you investigated? Yes, we had a really tragic case in uh, Baltimore, uh, 
around a high-rise apartment building right off the inner harbor there in downtown Baltimore, a 30-story building where it was about a day or two after one of their biggest snowstorms ever. They had two feet of snow. So there were icicles up high on the upper floors uh, off the decks of the apartments, and uh, there was a, a crew cleaning up the sidewalk after the storm down below, and sadly a major icicle fell and killed uh, one of the young men who was cleaning the snow on the sidewalk below. So we actually did a site visit. So they had all got a bunch of experts involved, you know, architects and various other experts, and, and I was involved. And so I took a trip to Baltimore, and we all traipsed through the people's apartments up on the top floor. Very oh, luck- really? Interesting to be to able see. to see, yeah. Interesting to see the luxury uh, style of living up there. But, mm-hmm. you know, the engineers were out on the, the patio, out on the decks, you know, measuring and everything. And the uh, and that, where they trying to figure out which apartment the icicles fell from. And it was, that was a case where there had been the big snow and there had been some melting the day before and then the night was cold and then the next day the temperatures were rising again and the ice was on the side of the building that faced the west. So in the morning it was shaded mm-hmm. and then around noon the temperature outside was just getting up to about freezing and the sun was moving around to start shining on the side of the building where the icicles were hanging. And so the combination of higher temperatures and sunshine caused melting. Uh, you know, like early afternoon, and then the icicles gave way, and they were huge. And, oh, wow. Uh, well, because I would think some of those icicles would take quite a while to build up because you probably have that freeze and thaw going on for a while. Like if you've had, uh, I'm assuming, if you've had some snow on a roof, starts to melt, maybe coming down the side, but then it freezes up again at night, so you have that, so it keeps kind of building on itself. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but this was a case where it was only about two days after the storm, oh, so okay. I don't know. But part of the thing for the experts was why did so much ice build up so quickly? Uh, where was the heat coming from that was causing the melting on the outside of the building? And that was all for them to figure. My job was simple, just the weather timeline and the angle of the sun and what the temperature was outside when the ice before and when the ice fell. So, yeah, it was very tragic, and it, it just you know points out the, the hazards of icicles. They can grow really large and get really heavy, and you know whether the if the temperature's rising, that can cause them to fall off. If the wind gust picks up, the wind can sometimes knock them off, and you know people in their own homes need to watch out for that and not walk under them. So that case in Baltimore, what was the outcome? Uh, the the family of the uh, young man who was killed by the falling icicle. Uh, of course, sued the building owners, and uh, a settlement was reached. It never did go to trial. We did. I visited the site and worked on the case, but there was no court testimony, and so it was a confidential settlement oh, okay. between so the parties. And I, I don't know what they settled for, but but you guys did your part in your and letting them know what the right. We were, and and after that, you kind of walk away, and the legal system does right. It. The lawyers take over and they work it out. And they sit in a conference room somewhere, and you know, probably somebody asks for a certain amount of money, and mm-hmm. somebody else offers a certain amount of money. And in many cases, they do come to agreement. Did you have any big wins on any cases like related to winter weather that you were like really felt like okay, I really got this person justice in in dealing with this specific. Incident. There was actually a big case, and, and it's funny because sometimes it's David versus Goliath, a little person versus the insurance company right. or something like mm-hmm. that. But there was a case that was one of my favorites, and we were actually working for the insurance company, and a person claimed they had their car stolen, 
and they turned it in as an insurance claim. The uh, surveillance video found evidence that the car had been towed into this wrecker yard, and they found, going back through the surveillance, that it was towed in with like the doors missing and the engine was gone. And so it turned out that the person who owned the car was trying to commit fraud against the insurance company to first sell the car, parts of the car and make money that way, and and then uh, claim the whole car was stolen. Oh my Uh, gosh. So they said this car was stolen on a certain day, and then it was found towed into the record yard. Well, in between the date where it was actually stolen and the date they claimed it was stolen, there was a massive snowstorm. This was in Philadelphia. A foot and a half of snow, snow everywhere. But the video of the car being towed in the record yard completely had no snow at all. So, oh. and uh, the attorney for the person who committed the fraud was saying, oh, the, the surveillance camera date stamp was wrong. But, you know, in reality, their testimony didn't match at all. And so I came down to Philadelphia, went to court. We did a whole presentation to the jury about this intense snowstorm that had occurred. We actually showed video from local TV news of the reporters out in the storm with raging winds. And, you know, it was very dramatic and basically showing that that was impossible, what the other side was claiming. And so it was a complete victory for the insurance company in that case. And so it was insurance fraud. And we were able to, uh, again, provide testimony to document that. And Mm-hmm. It was very satisfying because it completely depended on the weather and the timing of the storm and the, the date on the camera, and it just proved that the whole story told by the person who claimed their car was stolen was impossible. Right, because had it not been for the weather story there, there really would have been very little else that they could have used. Right, for the you know the people who did the fraud. Unfortunately for them, a major snowstorm came along <laughs> right. between the two dates, between the date they had the car towed and the date they claimed it was towed. There was this massive snowstorm in between. <laughs> oh, so wow. they got caught by a forensic meteorologist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you took them down, Steve. You took them down, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, our, the attorney who hired us, uh, representing the insurance company, was just delighted, you know. It made the whole case. One of the things I want to talk to you about is, like, on the roads winter weather and some of the problems that you have and maybe some cases that you've dealt with of, I don't know, whiteouts or bad road conditions? Have you have anything like that? We've dealt with a surprisingly large number of cases of sudden snow squalls on an interstate causing total chaos. Well, we've seen that so many times in the Northeast, a couple of the the highways We've done more of those cases in Pennsylvania than any other state, and more of them on Interstate 80. I can see why. That's a dangerous uh, situation when you're heading there west on Interstate 80 towards um, towards Ohio. Because the snow squalls come off the Great Lakes, and what happens... I mean, if the temperature's 20 degrees, if it's really cold, then you just get powder blowing across the road. And that's, that can be a visibility issue, but it's usually not too bad. And if it's warm enough, well, then you don't get snow squalls or they just melt on the ground. But the really critical situation, and we've seen a number of these, is where the temperature of the road is just above freezing. Either the air is cloudy and the air temperature is like 34 degrees, or maybe it's sunny and the air is only 30, but the sun is heating up the road somewhat. And then suddenly a snow squall comes along. So you're just driving along at typical cruising speed and everything's fine, and then suddenly it starts snowing hard. And so when that happens, when that temperature is at that critical point, the initial snow that falls melts on the road. And then as it continues to snow, if it'll last at least 15 or 20 minutes, it'll cool the atmosphere, it'll cool the road surface, and the initial water that formed from the melting of the first 
snowflakes will then freeze into a layer of ice. And oh, so, so you have those rapid freeze-ups. Rapid freeze-up at the same time as horrible visibility with heavy snow and blowing. And that is just the worst ingredients. Um, and we've seen that in a number of cases where just suddenly all the cars and trucks start losing traction. And on the interstate, there's usually some big trucks and, you know, unfortunately, occasionally like a tanker truck. Mm -hmm. And so we've worked on cases where there's 20, 30, even 50 some cars uh, and trucks piled up. We had one on Interstate 81 near Pottsville uh, a few years back where 55 or 58 vehicles got all wrecked together on the interstate. And, And so it's those sudden snow squalls where you combine forming ice really quickly where five minutes before everyone was driving it was fine right uh and then suddenly this thin layer of ice forms is terribly slippery at that temperature and then the snow continues to fall so you got no visibility and maybe it's blowing as well people just lose control and you know as a meteorologist who drives the interstate sometime i've always wondered if i'd have the presence of mind to not drive into it because once once you're going into that situation and it's terrifying it's terrifying And my first instinct would be just get out of the way because there's going to be trucks behind you. They're going to run you over. And there's an exceptionally high amount of tractor trailers that travel that highway. So you sometimes have limited. uh, And the reason I know this is because uh, in in the past, I, I actually did a news story and I interviewed a high school student who was one of the first on the scene. And he was telling me he was. And you know how that goes where it's sunny and then you'll get the squall. And so he was driving, and he drove into this whiteout condition. And so he had gotten off the road and kind of ran up an embankment. But he said he watched two tractor trailers. He was trying to flag to them to let them know. But they were side by side, and he said they disappeared into the whiteout, and they just butterflied across the road. And then after that, um, cars were going underneath. And it was a really sad situation. A lot of people killed that. And I can't think of what year that was. We had a really uh, sad case on the Pennsylvania Turnpike where this happened. And a woman was smart enough. She drove off the highway, and there was an embankment uh, next to the highway. She drove off the highway. She got out of her car. She saw trucks coming, yeah, sliding. Exactly. She tried to climb up the hill, but it was snow covered, and she oh. couldn't get up the hill. And she sort of slid back down and got hit oh. by a truck who was careening out of control. That's tragic. And uh, it's just some of these cases are just horrific. And you know, you wonder. Would you have the presence to not drive into it? I ask myself that all, you know, and I guess if I was in a hurry, I might not, I might keep going. Well, and sometimes what I've run into is it's sunny. Um, And then you'll have that instability, the sunshine, and then you actually, it'll fuel that instability. And then you'll get this whiteout situation. And then, uh, you know, the visibility drops almost immediately. Yes, well, uh, snow squalls are akin to summer thunderstorms. They're convection, so they are driven by the sun. So, you know, even though it's cold and winter, the sun is still warming the ground, and the the ground can get a lot warmer than it is Mm -hmm. a few thousand feet up and makes the atmosphere very unstable and can cause intense snow squalls uh, to develop, like summer thunderstorms, and they can just cause the calamities on the highway. And I think the National Weather Service and AccuWeather and everybody who's forecasting have gotten good at recognizing these kind of conditions and put out good alerts and warnings and but still when you're actually driving 
you may not hear that. You may not know. You may be listening you, to Yep. Yeah, if you didn't see that know, that advisory listen. was out or that they're putting out, you know, a snow squall advisory or yeah. something like that. I mean, I, I look at the radar, but one of the problems with snow squalls as different from summer thunderstorms. Summer thunderstorms will cumulonimbus clouds that form thunderstorms will tower miles into the sky. But snow squalls don't. No. They're only eight to 10,000 feet high. It still sounds pretty high, but once you get far away from the radars, they disappear because the radar beam overshoots them. Right. And so you'll see snow squalls coming off the Buffalo radar southeastward towards us, and they'll kind of vanish in between, and then they'll get picked up by the State College radar. And it's like, oh, look, new snow squalls. They're really the same ones. It's the same one. They were missed by the radar in between. The big case I mentioned on I-81, Interstate 81 near Pottsville, you're in between all the radars. There's no radar near there. There's mm-hmm. Philly radar, State College, Doppler, uh, but nothing in between. And so we had this 58-car pileup, and the radar showed almost nothing. Oh, wow. And I thought to myself, this is impossible. The, the snow squalls were there, but our biggest data source, radar, to see precipitation that's not at a weather station wasn't useful in that case. Now, we could see them upstream heading for it, so is that how you had to handle that case was logically this would have kept moving because you don't have the radar to show. Right. It was a real, real challenging point. case. Yeah. Now, we, what we did have was daytime and we had satellite pictures. And the satellite image did show the path. That we could get pictures every 15 minutes back then. They're more frequent now with a new satellite. But we could uh, see the movement of the snow squalls uninterrupted on the satellite picture because it's seeing them all the time. Right. But they would outrun the radar. So that was a really challenging case. So when you do those cases, are they cases for um, the accident victims for their insurance companies? Like, who who are those cases against or most who are the com- litigants? Most commonly, we'll see uh, attorneys for the people in the little cars suing the truckers. Oh, okay. Because it's usually the the out of control tractor trailers that cause the most mayhem and run right over top and crush the little cars. Right. So it's not always that way, but that's the most common plaintiffs and defendants in the case. And and again, we'll work for whoever calls us first. Our job is to take whatever case. We don't take sides. But once we work on a case, we cannot work for both sides. So if we're called by a family that, you know, they lost a family member, then we'd work on that side. Or sometimes we work for the attorneys for the trucking companies. Um, In any case, whatever the case is, we're always going to give them the same information and tell the truth about what the weather did. Uh, It may be in your favor, it may not. So it's it's the truth. Yes. I mean, one of the tensions in forensic cases, and uh, we may have mentioned this the last time I was with you, is that the attorneys have a point of view. They're, they're lobbying for, they're working for their client. And so they have a story to tell. And, they, and so there's a bias built in. Whereas for us, we need to tell the truth about the science, no matter where it goes and, wh- and whether it's helpful or not. Obviously, if we have information that's not helpful to our client, they're not going to use us. They're not going to put us on the witness stand. Mm-hmm. But, but um we always tell the truth. Right. Well, thanks so much, Steve. I appreciate you sitting down to talk to me about this. That was really a pleasure. Well, we really appreciate Steve taking some time to sit down and talk to us about these cases. And we've got another great episode coming up next week. But we also want to let people know where they can reach us if they'd like to connect with us here at the podcast. Absolutely. Just shoot us an email, accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. If you have a show suggestion or a weather event or something you'd like us to cover here on Everything Under the Sun, 
shoot us an email. Right. A new episode drops every Thursday. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to AccuWeather's Everything Under the Sun, giving you the stories behind the weather and so much more. New episodes every Thursday. Just search for AccuWeather on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or visit accuweather.com slash podcast.